Hello, everyone. Welcome to our broadcast today. Beverly and I are excited to share our transformational concepts with you. Well, today we're going to be talking about identity. And for me, that's one of the biggest issues in a person's life. Until you know who you are and understand God's design for you, then you're just going to be on a quest and literally not understand much of what is happening to you in life. We think we may have some answers for you today. When we developed our transformation workbook this past year, we were encouraged because we knew these concepts of identity, alignment, empowerment, and assignment had greatly impacted our life and led us into deeper levels of transformation, but also gave us a language that we could communicate to those we love, those in our spheres of influence who wanted to experience transformation. Well, and I think probably one of the greatest things for us, because we grew up in the church model, and uh, of course, you you come to know Christ, uh, your identity is hidden in Him, and then one of the first things that, that you understand is that there are things in your life that you need to repent for, but I love the way this breaks it down. Repentance actually means to see things from a different perspective and how it affects how you live and the decisions you make. Why it's so, And that's why it's so important for you to know who you are, to see how to make decisions that will impact your life on a high vibrational level. I mean, it's like one of the best understandings. We realized when we started this journey that people in church and out of church are suffering, living on a low level of vibration, fear, doubt, unbelief, that type of stuff, jealousy, pride. But if we can just take any expression at all of movement toward enlightenment, it radically transforms our existence and the energy that we're releasing on the earth. And so that's we've written this book around transformation and the transformation concepts. And so I was recently with a uh, becoming a friend. He's been a hero of, of ours, uh, Arthur Burke, who is really the father of the star life. Yeah, he's the father of the message of identity, really, with those redemptive gifts from Romans chapter twelve. And I was so encouraged when he said, Ken, obviously there's no material that's perfect material, but when I looked at your workbook, the alignment of it, the order of it is absolutely God-inspired because it has to begin with identity, then alignment, then empowerment, then ins- then assignment. And he gave me words. He said, for, for identity, it's legitimacy. For alignment, it's intimacy. For uh, empowerment, it's validation. And for uh, assignment, it's fulfillment. And so we're going to be teaching through that here the next few weeks on our broadcast today. As Bev mentioned, we're focused on identity. Uh, I asked Arthur, I said, so are you telling me this transformation workbook right, is going to produce transformation? He's like, no. (laughs) I said, what is it going to produce? He said, sons and daughters. Because Romans 8 says the whole earth is waiting, groaning for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God to become legitimate, hear Father's voice, and then step into their assignment. And so we realize our job is not to produce transformation. Our job is to help raise up sons and daughters of God that will bring transformation to the earth. And so we know you've tuned in on purpose today. We'll take you quickly to a testimony from Darius Williams, Dr. Darius Williams, one of our spiritual sons who is doing great exploits in education uh, outside the four walls of school, outside the four walls of church. It's a powerful testimony. And then Bevan and I'll take you to the segment where I teach on identity, and then we'll be back and uh, we'll pray and minister to you. So watch this and be blessed. My name is Darius Williams. I started education back in 2005. I actually was um, at Talladega College, and I was an English pre-law major. 
My mind was set on going to law school, had gr grew up in um, a culture of poverty, always wanted to just make a lot of money. That was my only goal. The Lord be began to deal with me very heavily about wanting me to do education. And I was like, teachers don't make a lot of money, so you can't be talking to me. After graduation, I was getting ready to make the transition to law school. Um, and the Lord, I had a moment where the Lord kind of stalled a car on the side of the road. And he said, I told you to teach. And I was like, well, I'm going to law school because I'm trying to make money. He said, this is what I've called you to do. You asked me what you would like for me to do, and I told you education. So I need for you to be an educator. And I told the Lord, I kind of challenged him. I said, well, if you call me to education, then I'm going to apply for a job. But I'm only going to apply for a job out of field. After several interviews, August the 3rd, I get a call from the principal. Uh, the principal said, I tried to hire 19 people, and now I'm stuck with you. And I looked up at the Lord and said, I guess you really were serious about me doing education. Um, mind you, again, I didn't have an educational degree. I was an English pre-law major, so I ended up having to go back to school. So I taught math um, with the English degree. I ended up going from middle school to high school, and I went back to school at UAB and got my uh, master's in educational um, and math secondary education. And so that started my educational journey. From the beginning of that, though, I've always kind of had big dreams, big goals. Um, I felt like if the Lord called me to it, it wasn't just to affect um, the lives of young people on a small scale, but on a major scale. So I began to try to envision what that would look like. I was like, well, Lord, I'm ready to be an administrator. And God was like, I've not got all of the stuff I need to get out of you yet. And so I applied for a couple of jobs, actually had gotten a couple of acceptances. And one job, when we turned, me and my wife, we had looked for an apartment and when we got ready to come back home, it was like, okay, we're moving, right? And then the, the boss or the supervisor of that particular school called and said, well, we've decided to go another way. And I asked the Lord, I said, well, why would you allow me to get something and then take it away? He said, I want to show you that I can give it to you, but it's not your time yet. God was always prompting and prepping me for the timing of God instead of wanting it when I wanted it. And so I waited another two years being patient. And the Lord said he wanted to get me to a place to where I was prepared to do what he called me to do. A prophet by the name of Matthew Stevenson prophesied a word to me. He said, the Lord said, you're going to be like Josiah. You're going to bring reformation. He said that I've stuck you in between two places. I've stuck you between the sacred and the secular. And in one of them, you want to run away and just do the sacred thing. But God said, I've not called you to just live the sacred life, but I will place you in the secular system and I will cause you to bring reformation to that system. I've still, you know, worked another couple of years as a principal and I believe I got comfortable. And, you know, so I experienced some things on my job and the Lord pushed me out. I didn't choose to go, but he pushed me out. He was like, this is the time. He was always about timing with me. So he pushed me out and, and I was wondering why, you know, the Lord would allow me to transition like he did. But he was saying that it was imperative that I step into this right now. He said to me, to me, I want you to bring an alternative to education. It needs to look like a hybrid. It needs to be a school model that doesn't look like anything else. He said, and I need this model to be catered toward the parent and the child that it needs to be convenient, conducive, but it also needs to bring the quality of regular education. He says, and, and really what you're gonna do is give everybody an individualized learning plan. And I was like, well, how you do that? You know, that's almost impossible. He said, and I'll show you the way. And so I stepped out on God in June of 2022, and we started a school two months. Like, 
how does somebody do that? God, nobody but God can do that, right? So we started the school day one. I think we ended up with like 27 kids, you know, from all over. I had children in Sarah Land, you know, uh, all over the state of Alabama. And I'm like, God, how, you know, how does, how does a God like you do something like this? And he said, because I've placed my hand upon you to do this work but you have to stay in my presence. And so we birthed Reformation in, in 2022. We've been going strong. We're at about 60 kids. Um, the Lord has called me to the system of education to bring a different mindset to it. Also to bring back the Spirit of God to it. You know, the devil came in and he placed himself in a system to infiltrate it and to undermine the mind of God. So now God is, is taking back those systems. Our motto is everybody is reformed teachers, kids, parents. So through a Reformation experience, it's an experience for all, not just the individual child. And that's the goal, is that God wants to impact the entire family, because God cares about family. And so I think God is, is prepared to dispel ignorance, not just on a spiritual level, but on a natural level as well, because it is very difficult for one to operate in a full capacity of what God had called them to do. They have a level of ignorance. So God has to bring a passion back for children to like education again. But I think we're dealing with a different breed of children. So as a result of that, we have to figure out how do we meet the child where they are. And so we have to be willing to do something different. And that's Reformation. What a powerful testimony with Dr. Darius. Well, and what I love about his story is he knew that he was called to do something. Yes. But he found out who he was first. Right. And once he knew who he was, he knew what he was called to do. That's the difference maker. I mean, he walked right into it. That is so cool. He's doing great exploits here in the state of Alabama yes. through education. I know you were inspired like we are. We want to tell you quickly before we go into the teaching segment how you can connect with us. Obviously, if you would like to receive our daily emails of encouragement and prophetic updates, you can do that. Uh, it's a great way to connect, uh, too. You can absolutely get this material free of charge delivered to you, all four videos and a PDF of the Transformation Workbook. If you would like to go through the four week of Transformation transformation Discipleship on identity, identity Alignment, Empowerment, and Assignment. And of course, you can give uh, here to help us continue to do what God's called us to do, to do these broadcasts and continue to transform lives, transform a state, and transform nations. So thank you for considering engaging with us. And now we want to take you into the segment where we teach on identity. We'll come back and pray for you and tell you how that you can receive free of charge a personal assessment to help lead you toward your identity. Welcome to session one of our transformational course, Experiencing Supernatural Change. Over the next four sessions, we'll be talking about identity, alignment, empowerment, and assignment. There's a main topic that we'll discuss and then five subtopics. And at the end of each session, there's action points that reiterate and reinforce what we're discussing together. So you'll need a PDF book uh, or a workbook to go along the course with us. If you've not done that yet, pause a moment, click the link below. That'll give you access to a PDF copy. Now, if you'd like to order a copy of a workbook, I love having a book in my hand because I love to take notes and write and keep the book close to me. 
you can do that as well. Maybe go ahead and order that. There's a link that makes that available. It'll be shipped to you in a couple of three days. And maybe you could go ahead and start the course with a PDF copy. And then if you want a workbook, you can order one. It's important because in the workbook are the action steps and also the QR codes that take you to some valuable tools that'll help us on this journey. We're excited about the course. And so now let's dive in. In week one, we talk about identity. Identity is so important because the Bible says in John 10, 10, that Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. But the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We have found over our years of experience studying God's word, studying supernatural transformation and change, that the number one plan of the enemy is to steal our identity. If he can steal our identity, he can kill our destiny, destroy our purpose. This is all found in John 10. And so the concept of identity is so important. We find when Jesus came on the scene and he began to teach and preach on the kingdom of God, he simply talked about repentance. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is so important on our transformational journey because this has to do with identity. When you begin to look at scripture and you begin to understand how God so specified through the ministry of Christ our identity, it begins to exponentially explode the concept of transformation. In Matthew 3, we see Jesus coming to John the Baptist. He needs to be baptized, he says, and John baptizes him. And all of a sudden it says, the heavens open and a voice from heaven comes. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we see Jesus has an encounter with the father and releases his identity as the very son of God. Immediately we see the script change in Matthew 4 where Jesus goes into the wilderness and is tempted by the devil. What's he tempted about? His identity. Three different temptations the enemy comes to Christ and says, if you are the son of God, do this. If you are the son of God, do that. And three different temptations Jesus experiences in Matthew 4, no different than you and I. I believe the first thing the enemy does for our lives is to challenge us on our identity. So true repentance is not just don't you know repent so you don't go to hell or repent so you can go to heaven. Actually, true repentance is coming back to the reality of the concept of who we are to repent or change our mind. That word repentance is a Greek word, metanoia, which we get metamorphosis. It's a transformational concept that once we realize who we are through repentance, then we realize that we have a purpose and a destiny in the kingdom of God. That brings us to the second point, which is you and I are uniquely gifted and designed by God to fulfill a specific purpose or task on the earth. You're not here by accident. You are created by design. Psalm 139 says it so powerfully. It says, while we were still in our mother's womb, God wrote a book about us and fashioned and formed our days. We are not randomly placed here on earth. We are a word from God. Our mom and dads may have made our bodies, but God sent his spirit and gave us a very uniquely designed DNA to fulfill a specific purpose. I love the icon that we use in this book of a blueprint because you are the only one on the earth that can fulfill your uniquely creative design and purpose. And so once we begin to grab hold of that, we realize that we are valuable. The reason Christ came to redeem us was not just to save us from our sins, but to release our purpose, our design, and our creativity. We call it a redemptive gifts. So many of us don't realize 
but there are gifts that God has made available to us, gifts of the Holy Spirit, gifts that Jesus has given to the church, but the Father himself has given creative, redemptive gifts. In 2 Corinthians 9, most of us realize there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's been a lot of teaching, a lot of discussion on that, and we're, most of us are acquainted with that. But then also Jesus has gifts. These are the gifts that he has given to the body of Christ. In Ephesians 4, it says he's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These are Jesus' gifts to the church. But the Father has given creative, redemptive gifts to all of humanity. Everyone under the sound of my voice, you have a creative, redemptive design placed on the inside of you by the Father Himself. This is found in Romans chapter 12. It starts out powerfully saying, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is where we get that word transformation, repentance. Not being conformed to the worldly system, but transformed by the renewing of our minds, realizing we are gifted, we are valued, we are created with design. But then we find these powerful gifts, as you read on through Romans, down in Romans 12, 7, and 8, we find seven redemptive, creative gifts that the Father has placed in all of humanity. Now what What's interesting and exciting is all seven of these gifts are in all sevens in Scripture. Everywhere you find a run of sevens, let's say the seven days of creation or the seven churches in Revelations or the seven colors of the rainbow or the seven pillars of wisdom in the book of Proverbs, in all sevens, the last seven sayings on the cross that Christ released, all of these sevens represent in order these seven creative, redemptive gifts that God has placed inside humanity. One, prophecy. Two, serving. Three, teaching, four, exhorting or encouraging, five, giving, six, organizational or ruling, and seven, mercy-motivated gifts. These are the powerful gifts that God has deposited in us. And once we realize what those gifts are and identify our giftedness, it changes everything. When we first landed on this principle of revelation, it literally put us in a place of transformation we had never experienced before. My wife and I were introduced by our dear friend, Christine Potter, who had delved into these teachings by Arthur Burke on the seven redemptive gifts. And when she began to call our spirits to attention and, and, and align our, our souls with our spirits and our bodies with our souls, it began to bring about supernatural transformation because now we realize that it's not just my personality or my wife's personality or my children's personalities that we're dealing with or people that we work with or that we co-labor in the body of Christ with. It's actually our giftedness that brings about our creative design. And once we begin to be illuminated to this, it so enlarged our capacity to in our marriages, to work with one another, to raise our children because they're all differently gifted. And so it's very powerful once you realize what your creative gift is and what you're designed to do. Just to give you a little explanation of this, I want to uh, tell you a story and this will kind of give you an idea of, of what you're gifted are. We have an assessment that we're going to make available to you, but this will just kind of give you a taste or an idea of who you may be and what your creative design may be. Let's say we're all at a party and uh, we finish dinner and somebody's bringing the cake for dessert. And all of a sudden on the way to the table, they trip and fall and spill the cake. 
Here's the people's reactions that are gifted along these seven redemptive gifts. And you may find yourself in this story. The prophet person immediately would say, I knew this was going to happen. I saw when I walked into the room that the furniture was misplaced and that somebody sooner or later was going to have an accident because of the way the furniture was placed. This is that prophetic black and white giftedness. What would the servant say? The servant, which is uh, the second uh, order of these gifts, it's not even their house. They're immediately on the floor cleaning up, fixing, fixing the situation, and it may not even be their house. How about the third gift, the teacher? The teacher would sit, and they're in the details, and they would say, well, you know what? If we redesign the, the, the outline of this furniture, and if we put this here and that there, and they're in all the details, then we can ensure this never happens again. How about the exhorter? The exhorter just doesn't want the party to, they're wanting to encourage everybody. They don't want the party to end. So the exhorter just says, hey, don't, oh, don't worry about that. And they begin to tell a joke or tell another story because they just want to keep the party going. How about the giver? Well, he doesn't talk to anybody. He immediately jumps in the car and goes to the local store and gets a new cake and brings it back and fixes the situation. How about the ruler organizer? Well, that person just starts telling everybody what to do. He's saying, hey, you go buy the cake. You help clean it up. You rearrange the furniture. And that's the organizer ruler portion. How about the mercy motivated person? Well, we, this person, they're the first to go put their arm around them and say something like this. Don't worry about spilling the cake. I've done this so many times. Don't you worry about it because they're wanting them to feel better about the situation. When you begin to see yourself in these situations, you begin to get a glimpse into the thought or purpose that God may have created you for in your identity. Now, let me show you how this works in one of the sevens, in the seven let's say days of creation. Day one, God said, let there be light. This is the prophetic portion. They have the ability to speak order into chaos. In day two, this is the day that God separated the firmament, the waters. This is the servant portion because the servant has the ability through their service to one another to cleanse the atmosphere. Just like our atmosphere in the natural stays cleansed by releasing carbon dioxide and oxygen in that cycle of cleansing the atmosphere, that's the power of the gift of the servant found in the second day of creation. How about the third day? That's when God created uh, plants that reproduce themselves after their own kind because the seed was actually in the fruit. This is the teacher portion that has the ability to teach others with the seed of the fruit of the knowledge that they've experienced. How about the exhorter portion? This is day four when God created the stars, the sun and the moon, the bigness of God, the, 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 the encouragement of God, the, the magnificence of God. This is that exhorter portion to be able to encourage people by magnifying God and making God big and our problems small. And how about the giving portion? This is day five of creation. This is when God created birds and fish. They are the most nurturing animals on the earth. Even in a city, a concrete jungle, a bird, you can find nests built of paper and trash and plastic to nurture their young. They're some of the most nurturing animals. Why? The giving portion is a nurturing spirit. It has the ability to nurture others and sees the longevity of legacy and future and family in mind. And day six, God created man and said, you organize things. You name the animals. This is the organizational part to have dominion and authority in the earth. This is that powerful gift at work. And then, of course, day seven, God rested. This is the mercy portion. The mercy people have the ability to go into the presence of God and bring the sacred back into the secular. And it is such a powerful gift. When you begin to realize that we are all gifted and each of us have 
gifts differing from one another. We value each other because we know that we desperately need each other so that we can successfully fulfill our purpose and our destiny on the earth. Now, the good news is there's a blessing on the gift that you have. One of you, you have one or two creative, grace-filled gifts. You don't have to earn them. God put them on the inside of you. This, this is designed, this session, to help you realize what, what that gift is and then to be able to nurture that so it can explode your future of transformation in your identity. And so as we begin to experience this together, there's blessings, but there's also curses. Let me give you one example. I'm an exhorter by giftedness. My, my blessing is to be able to talk to masses amount of people and encourage them to follow God and follow their destiny and follow their purpose. But the curse on this side is I'm normally unwilling to sow and reap and wait for the fruit. I'm wanting to move on to the next revelation or the next blessing. And so what happens, I can wind up living under what we've identified as a Canaanite curse, which is an excessive workload. I had this experience and I had a dreamlike state. I was walking with the Lord and we were in the desert walking together and he was looking at me with like dirt on the side of his face and he was looking at me and I could just feel him saying like, you're exhausting me. You're killing me. And I'm walking along beside him and I'm begging for the body of Moses. I thought that was such a strange dream or a strange encounter with the Lord. When I woke up out of this, I began to process it. I began to study and I realized the blessing of the exhorter is the blessing of Moses. Why? Moses was willing to go into the wilderness and spend 40 years in preparation for what God had called him to do and was willing to sow and then reap. This is very important for the exhorter. I could go through all the gifts. Actually, there's a QR code in your book that will lead you to the blessings and the cursings that are on each of these gifts. And also there's uh, examples of praying prayers of blessings and prayers of renunciations so that you can begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be. Now on uh, page uh, 35 or page 31 in your workbook, there's a QR code and this is our next step. So our next step together in this course is for you to step into the process of finding your giftedness. So you click on this QR code and there's an assessment that asks you somewhere in the neighborhood of about 70 questions. You just answer these questions honestly and then you'll get an email sent back to you which gives you uh, two or three of your top giftedness, and then you can begin to study the people in the Bible that had these gifts, look at the blessings and curses that are attached to each of these gifts, and I promise you in the process, you will begin to realize who you are in God and who God has designed you creatively to be. Once you find that out, I encourage you to go to the back of the book, which there are prayers of blessings and renunciations. Begin each and every day for this season, for this next week, to pray the prayers of renunciation, breaking the curses off your giftedness, and then pray the prayers of blessings, releasing yourself into the blessings of God as you nurture your own spirit. My wife Beverly and I, I pray them over her, then she prays them over me. And so I hope that you will take the next steps in this journey to begin to find your creative purpose and design. And as you do, I know you're going to be extremely blessed and excited like we were to begin to find what our potential what our calling and what our purpose could be in the kingdom of God. So I encourage you, take the next steps, do the next step items at the end of this uh, chapter, go to the QR code, take the assessment, you'll be blessed in the process, and I'll see you next session. 
I'm so inspired when I found out from the Word of God that not only does the Holy Spirit have gifts to believers, and not only does Jesus have gifts to the church, but God the Father has gifts to humanity. And you and I are blessed by God's grace with a specific gift, a specific uh, design that we are empowered to live out on the earth. And we've had so many revelations about design, but this is so fantastic. These gifts arrive at different times in our lives and for different reasons. This is one conversation that Kent and I continue to have because at different times in our lives, especially as we're growing and knowing the Lord for the first time, we step into all kinds of giftings that may not be our gift to carry us through, that may not just be our actual gift, but this is what happens. You receive the gifts of the Spirit when you become a believer, when Holy Spirit moves into your life, you receive the gifts when you connect with a faith community, and you receive the gifts simply for being born. It's one of the most exciting things that you can imagine. But as life changes, it's not necessarily, I think we have all of the redemptive gifts on the inside of us. They just get pulled to the forefront when we need them. And that's the great thing about serving God. He equips us and empowers us exactly at the right time with the gifts that we need. These seven redemptive gifts are found in Romans 12, as, as we mentioned in the teaching, all in order in all sevens throughout Scripture. If you would like to take this opportunity to find your redemptive gift, there's a link there that will lead you to a free assessment. You can fill it out online and it will email you the results and you can begin your journey as you step into your identity and you realize God has specifically created you with a divine design that you are called to live on earth with purpose and live in great fulfillment. So Bev and I just want to take this opportunity to bless you today. We bless you. We call your spirit to attention and we allow the Holy Spirit to connect with your spirit and that you now begin to realize you are here on purpose. You are here by creative design that your father in heaven wrote a book about you according to Psalm 139 while you were still in your mother's womb. Every page written de de determinedly designed you for a specific purpose to fulfill on this earth. We bless you with the legitimacy that comes from knowing your Father in heaven sent you to this earth. You are a word from God and you will not return void. So as you step into this season of finding or reestablishing your identity, we know great legitimacy is going to come and it is going to bring great security and great peace to you in the name of Jesus. That's powerful. That is such a powerful word. Thank you for taking time to spend with us today. We're going to continue this journey together as we're experiencing transformation. We know that God is doing significant things in this season, in our lives, in your lives, and around the world. So be blessed, and thank you for watching.